And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Happy holidays! We should have had a Jingle Bells uh, intro. Do you have your favorite Christmas song? I know Brendan does. Happy holidays, everybody! Welcome back to another episode wow. of... that was a lot. You're I'm really throwing a lot. This is Brendan Quinn. Tell the people your favorite Christmas song. I know you have one before we get into it. I'll be home for Christmas. I'll be home for Christmas. I was going to say, I know you yeah. have many favorite uh, yes. Christmas songs. Yes. Favorite Christmas movie, obviously It's a Wonderful Life. Favorite Christmas song, I'll be home for Christmas. Obviously it has a Philadelphia reference in it. So you're not a fan know, of that no brainer. You're not a fan of that Mariah Carey one that everyone always sings and likes. Uh, the uh, I mean, it's catchy. Yeah, that I one. mean, I, I, I'll I'll bop my head a little bit while. Are you a target? Are you a Bing Crosby yeah. guy? Sure, yeah, except for the like, one, you know, the, the whole uh, the whole fact that Bing Crosby. What, what's what's the weird uh, what's the weird really creepy song where it's like some know. girl's locked in some guy's house or something and he's not letting her go or baby it's it, cold it, outside hey, is buddy, that it, it is that the of, one? it will come of no surprise to you that I the only Christmas music that I like is the Trans Siberian Orchestra which is the uh, <laughs> the electric guitar I saw them <laughs> live in college. Where oh, me and man. some buddies, they were playing an opera house in Philly. Yeah. And me and some buddies, you know, uh, partook in some... Had a few. Mind-altering activity, <laughs> yeah, we'll say. Right. <laughs> and then went and... Oh, well, uh, that would have been fun, actually. Yeah. And saw the Trans-Siberian Orchestra with a full laser show. And it yeah. was... Woo! I bet. I bet. I bet. We got the CDs a couple times. I remember uh, for my, like, my mom, my brother and I did one year for Christmas. Because <laughs> I think because we wanted to listen to it or whatever. <laughs> You're just young, young Nick yeah. is just jamming out Trans the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, just, yeah. That's what we listen to. The Dwight Schrute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's exactly what it oh, is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, happy holidays to all of you out there. Who yes, like sir. Who like Christmas music, like Brendan. Uh, we figured we would do a uh, mailbag edition of the show today, holiday episode. As um, basketball seasons are, to you. are sort of in the middle here, as we talked about, and football mm-hmm. is still, maybe next week when we come back after the holiday here, we'll uh, get more into the Orange Bowl and the Peach Bowl, but our gift to you, I, I did say that we would be talking about people who've wronged us this year, I don't know if I have too many on that list, uh, actually, mm-hmm. reality, that I have to air out on the podcast here, but um, maybe we'll get into hey, it. There's a lot that can't some be will trip my mind. Uh-huh. Yeah, some will trip my mind in these questions, I'm sure, but... Um, I figured we could take whatever from anybody all over the place. I got, I know we've got questions of uh, all different types. So do yeah. you, before we start, do you have any uh, airing of grievances that you'd like to uh, throw out there? I mean, I, I have an Other, apology to issue. I have an apology to issue just before the year. Hey, just as good. All right, floor is yours. To uh, to Nick Sirianni. Oh yes, I. You know what? And Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles, who I was ready to fire the you entire were. team mm-hmm. when they beat uh, the Lions, what, week four, week five, I think. 
Uh, all of a sudden, seven and seven, right in the playoff hunt. Playing good ball too. Ninth, ninth in the uh, NFL in overall offense. Yeah, playing really With, good football. Have you watched this team? That offensive line. I've a bunch seen of dogs. A, yeah, man. I mean Kelsey's still there, so you know they're going to be good. Mm. But like I've seen a little bit of kind of what they're doing anyway in terms of what they're doing with Hertz. And I think, yeah, I think it's starting to work a little bit. I don't know how sustainable it is, but yeah, if you look at their efficiency numbers, they're really good. I saw that actually today when I was going through um, some stuff. That, they're I was a little bit like, ruining, whoa, geez, like they really took off. Ruining teams up front. Yeah, they're yeah. Like Seems like six a good match. straight games over 175 yards rushing, something fucking crazy Yeah, they're like just that. leaning into yeah. it. I think that like we actually see that a little bit with the Lions. Teams uh-huh. don't know what to do with teams that dedicate themselves to the run. But yeah, apology accepted. Probably not. So, actually. you know. <laughs> On behalf of another Nick, I accept your apology. <laughs> <laughs> Long-suffering uh, fan, you deserve I it. I feel like, for the most part, in the past year, uh, most people did their best to not be total assholes, oh, yeah. considering yeah. everything going on in the world. Uh, mm-hmm. We hung in there. What would, what would be your most <laughs> memorable episode of the pod? Do you have one of those? Because I have one. What of the year? Um, you know, honestly, I think like there was a three episode like window we had before Michigan State and Michigan played, but it wasn't mm. even before the week before. It was like there was like two or three episodes before anybody else was really paying attention to the fact that it was probably poss- probably going to happen that both these teams were going to play undefeated. We were the ones that were on board with that. We were just mm. like just talking, just willing it into existence, more or less, with our hot airbag voices here. But that stretch of time, those were fun shows because it was weird and fun and, like, it was yes. a good thing. Like, people were like, what the hell's happening? Remember all the Michigan State fans were like, this is bullshit. Like, are we good? I'm not going to sit here and listen to this if, you, if you're if you going to spin fairy tales about how this is good and we're not going to end up being good. I'm not going to have this rug pulled. Yes. And you're like, look, I think the team's pretty good. Like, the Michigan fans were doing the same thing. Remember that? That whole stretch? Yeah. That was oh, a yeah. fun... That was a fun couple weeks. I, it wasn't one. You were, it was like, you were it preaching was, it fairly early that they were legit. And if anything, weeks, yeah. both teams. I was the voice on it that was <laughs> like, I don't know, Nick. I don't know. You were not anyway, alone. Both I these had teams people ready stink. to slit my throat in the, I think it was like Michigan Rutgers game on Twitter when I was like telling people to calm down about wanting to bench McNamara. And it was like, you guys need to just relax. Why don't you shut the hell up, you idiot? <laughs> okay. But we got there. Everybody got there. So... Yep, if I were going to go back and listen to any one show, it yep. would be the uh, <laughs> almost a year ago mm-hmm. uh, when we were recording live while the Capitol was being stormed, and we were both <laughs> watching. Remember that? We we're both watching out of one eye, and I'm like, uh, "Yeah, what are we talking about, Nick? Yeah. Are you watching TV because that, yeah. something's happening?" <laughs> that was a blur of a several. Weeks. It went from like they were like protesting outside when we started it. Started the episode and then yeah, like I don't even forty five minutes into it, they were like at the gates and like up the stairs. <laughs> yeah, and it was one of those things that I was just like, "What's going on here?" Like, I think everybody yeah. probably had that reaction, right? Where it was like a processing of like, "What's this? Is this a movie? Like, what channel is this on? Like, what the hell am I watching?" Yeah, yeah. Is that your favorite show? <laughs> that might have been like the first show of the year because that was in January, right? Yeah, right. It was January sixth. <laughs> the debut of twenty twenty one. What a start. Hey, yeah. we're ending on a better note, anyway. How about thankfully, the Capitals thankfully. still standing strong? Still standing. As far as we know, today, and hopefully it makes it through the rest of the day. But hey, speaking of Capitol, our, our first question, speaking of Capitol, comes from the D.C. area and former colleague of both of ours, Kyle, Kyle Felcher. Oh. Uh, 
is Kyle's at CNN, right? Still? Yeah. 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 Kyle's at CNN. He says, what does Quinn have against Barbasol? And does he want to fight me and my immortal can of shaving cream? That is a good question. You did, like, first of all, you, you thought it was going to be a slam at me for using Barbasol. And I told you I don't use any of that shit. <laughs> so, like, why do you hate Barbasol? What's going on here? Like, you don't like it's the working man's the, uh, shaving cream? It, it's <laughs> it's that, uh, <laughs> there's something about the, the blob. <laughs> like that, like... <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it. But Are it's you like getting that any initial... kind of protection there with the Barbasol? Is it even doing anything? Like, I, I mean, I, that's I a fair know, question man. to ask. It's Pelletier, definitely been right? the same recipe since like <laughs> the '60s or the '50s, when right. like Don and Draper was using it. This isn't Tabasco, shit. where it's actually <laughs> no. like a good product. It was just what was there back in the '50s and '60s. And the cans are just endless. <laughs> what is in there? Oh, I've seen actually. Like, have you seen? I mean, there was a time, and it's probably still around, like, you know, YouTube over the years has gone through stretches of trends on videos, as we see, where people yeah. would take the shaving cream cans and the toothpaste tubes, and they just empty them out in the sink to be like, how much shit's in here? Let's see it. And I used to watch those, you know, of course, back in the, my time-killing days. But yeah, a lot. Is I, I mean, my main beef a lot's is probably in my, there. And, you know, I'm not anti... My father's a Barbasol man. A Mine too. A Barbasol yeah, man. Long time. You know? Menthol and, uh, and the other kind. I think he does both. Or used to anyway. And with like the little like plastic dollar disposable Mark, razors that you buy like a pack of them now. at the, at the yeah. grocery store. There's that's like five hundred in a bag. With. Yeah, that's you what know, I When he comes with. out, he would come out every morning. Goddamn, five little pieces of tissue stuck <laughs> all over. You know, and he would leave the his big baller mustache. Okay. But everywhere else, he was just nicked, yeah. nicked to death yeah. every single day. Really? Oh man, just never. Well, he had to get a better razor though. That's probably why. I know. I know he'd use those little cheap. Oh cheap yeah, that's why. Because single blade razors. So you man. have more of a you have more of a ding on the single blade razor than the Barbasol. That's fair. Yeah, because like my dad would use. That's how I learned how to shave. I think was Barbasol. But we had like, I got like the uh, Mach three Gillette razor. I remember that being oh, pretty cool. Boy. Like the one with like the two or three blades on it. So, you know. But yeah, to Felter's point, I mean, there's probably a better shaving foam choice out there if you're. Doing that every day. I use, I use like well, a, you know, I he's on like butter. He's on TV now, of course, so he has to. He Felcher I probably. Has, I don't know if they're putting him out for the camera. Probably I'm pretty has sure to he's shave like three times a day or something like that. He's behind the scenes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's behind the scenes. <laughs> okay, and he does not need to shave because of that blonde hair. It he already looks true. like he's. Well, he'll tell us if he's. He already looks on, like he's 15 years old. So he'll let us know if he's on TV and we're slighting him here. Uh, we'll move on to the next one. Brett McWethy <laughs> asks. Was Brendan satisfied with his seat at Little Caesars on Tuesday? I was. It was terrific. Right behind the basket, right you down like that? there, right by, right Brett by the, uh, right by the Michigan State bench. Love it. Brett. All kinds of good color and good sights and sounds, and right down there, appreciate it. Brett Always a good up. game. Massive crowd. They had every bit of eighteen thousand people in yeah, that place. That's awesome. Um, you know, that's always a good mm-hmm. matchup. And one of these years, man, Oakland's going to do it. Now, these years. what's um, the uh, Campy Juwan uh, relation? Do they talk much? Do they the Michigan know, Oakland? Not that I, not that I know hmm. of. I was wondering. I know Michigan State. I Oakland think. Had their I own mean, thing. their better bet to get a game would be through Saudi, obviously. Yeah, I just feel like that. Like Oakland almost feels like Oakland, Michigan, Michigan State, and one other team in like a foursome of some sort would feel like a cool thing. You know? They did that the one year. Michigan played yeah, Detroit right. Mercy at um, um, LCA, right? All it was all at LCA. It was the first. I believe Wouldn't the first be a, year was open, and they yeah, wanted to be a, host some college basketball there. That'd be a cool thing if they did that. More. But they're trying to get the Big Ten tournament in there, right? Yeah, no, that'd be cool too. I think they could. I think they'd do really well with that. Like I've heard other things, like the national championship game or other things like that, and I've wondered if that would do well. I think the Big Ten tournament, though, 
they would do really well with. It'd be sweet. I, I mean, the, the only question would be the hotels, you know, like right now. Right, it's a challenge. In Indy, and that's a real it's, challenge. It's easy. They put it in Chicago. That's Chicago. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're putting it in Detroit, you're yeah. The, the challenge is hotels. Yeah, and you've got but you've got the arena, you've got the space for it, and you've got all the other stuff. It's but that's the thing people I guess don't probably always totally understand. I'd um, be all for it. I would love it. It'd be great. Drive from the house. Yeah. People oh, yeah. loved it when they have anytime they've had the in-state tournament here. It's great. I mean, it's a pain in the ass travel, as everyone knows. But the mm-hmm. environment, the atmosphere, everyone loves it. So I agree, it would be great. Um, first Sweet Sixteen I ever covered was, in, was Detroit. in Detroit. First Final Four I ever covered was in Detroit. At, at the Palace, and, and then at the uh, Ford Field, I assume. I think they were both at Ford Field, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Interesting. Is that right? Probably so. Yeah. I think that's right. Um, Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Let's see. Here's one from... Oh, I got one. Here's a good one. Um, From Linda. This is one I wanted to talk about. I hate the accordion because I mentioned on there that uh, (laughs) you might play the accordion like Tom Izzo, but you're not. Yeah. (laughs) She said it reminds her of Myron Florin and Lawrence Welk. I don't know who the... I know I've heard of Lawrence Welk. I don't know who Myron Florin is. Linda's Linda's dating me here. Okay, question, she says. What's inside the 800-pound piece of furniture, uh, the Joe Moore Award, that the Michigan offensive line just won? I don't know what's inside of it, but we can talk about the Joe Moore (laughs) Award if you want to because I think that's pretty interesting. The Joe, yes. the Joe Moore Award, which Linda pretty much accurately described as an 800-pound piece of furniture, is a giant – probably the big – I think it is the biggest college football trophy. It goes to the best offensive line in college football every year. Alabama won it last year. Michigan won it this week, was presented with the trophy earlier this week. The whole the whole group, um, all the guys that played were all in their uniforms with Sharon Moore. Got a whole photo picture group of it. I saw um, a bunch of – I saw John Jansen in the photo. I saw a bunch of old offensive mm-hmm. linemen hanging around. Really cool award, of course, super well-deserving, and named after 
the the great and one and only Joe Moore, <laughs> who I sent you the article. <laughs> uh, you sure did. Holy hell! The the greatest college football offensive line coach of all time, widely considered, of course, um, widely considered to be one of the one of the first. Maybe not first, but like one of the guys that we all remember is like a long time specialized offensive line coach who could take guys that weren't you know of varying athletic skills and get them to perform. Just like an outstanding coach. Fired by Bob Davy at Notre Dame in ninety-six because right. he was old. Literally right. told him, You're old, so I'm firing you. Sued Notre Dame, <laughs> won, and then was like goodbye forever. <laughs> like that was the end of Joe Moore, but like a legendary coach. What so, I, one thing I don't understand is, Moore, yeah. you know, I'm reading this story. Did you like it? And it does sound like he, he might had, have he hit had some a case. players. Oh, well, yeah. No, <laughs> uh, no. It does Joe sound Moore. like he's running around potentially drinking. Yeah. Might not and, have been a perfect coach. <laughs> had some problems. But in terms of, you know, coaching, a fine tactic. I just, but yes, he was fired I, I think for it's a, an old I, man I just think Navy it's a hell of a move yeah. that this is who this award is. That's it's him. not the Orlando Pace Trophy or something like that. It's after Joel this. Moore. Yeah, the coach. You know, that's interesting who it could be named after otherwise because it's a unit. It's not one guy. That's the uh, difference, I guess, with this award. That, uh, that's why it's my... Well, it's not why it's my favorite award. My favorite... My, it's my favorite award because it's an offensive line award, yes, which is, yes. but it's all tied together because it's a team position type thing. So I don't know who else you'd name it after. Good point. The Dallas Cowboys love- 95 offensive line award. Like, I don't know what you're, you know, like the greatest right. line award, you know, that I don't know. It'd be harder to this, do. Uh, so I don't hate this. Sent, Maybe there's a the better guy out sent, there, but yeah. <laughs> the story you sent me from the Washington Post, uh, I, this is pretty unrelated, but I did, I did love this paragraph. <laughs> So this is from Joe Moore's trial. Yeah, uh, his Quote, legendary trial, actually. From the uh, from from the Washington Post. Not a good day for circa nineteen ninety eight. Yeah. In addition, the trial's inside look at the nation's most famous college football program revealed that assistant coaches were present when underage players drank alcohol. One assistant coach was said to be drinking and smoking cigars with players at That's a party. Right. According to testimony, assistant coaches fought about everything from smoking in meetings to the length of colleagues' lunch hours. <laughs> oh, jeez. The 90s. There we go. Yeah. Well, it was put, so it was all litigated in court. So, yeah, yeah he sued him. He won, like, a million bucks, I think. And basically, yeah. his lawyer in that story is basically saying, like, the only reason he sued was to prove that Notre Dame willingly broke the law or whatever. Anyway, the Joe Moore Award, ladies and gentlemen. Congratulations to Michigan's offensive line. Is he dead? Uh, well earned. Yes, he is dead, I believe. Oh, Long time, big chain smoker, Joe Moore. If you ever heard or seen any clinic tape of him, you can hear that voice. Joe Moore. Jo- raspy voice. I'm not sure what he died of, though, but I do believe he did die in this 70s. I feel like this is a, a put-it-away-for-next-year athletic story for, for Nick. The Joe Moore Award? Are you, the Joe, are you the volunteering me for stories? Oh, boy. I am. I, I would... I, I don't know. Joe story would probably be pretty your good. Your version yeah. of it, of the trophy or the man behind the trophy. <laughs> I, I think they go hand in hand. Yeah, they probably do. <laughs> okay, what else we got here? Moving on. Um, uh, Aaron says, "Is it easier to cover a team you grew up a fan of, or one that you have no ties to at all? Is it easier oh. to cover a team that you grew up a fan of, or well?" I would say that it's definitely easier to grow up or to cover a team that you grew up um, knowledgeable about. I would right. say that, which to me is 
you know, as a kid, it's the same thing. Like, you know, I've always talked about <laughs> here. If there was a good team around here that won games, I rooted for it, you know. So if it's a team around here, I just, I know more about them because, I you know, I remember them as a kid. And Brandon, I'm sure you're a lot like me. And I know that so many people who work with us are the same way. Like we, when we say like as kids, we grabbed the newspaper and just read the whole thing, the sports section, like every single digit of it. That's what we did. That's just what we did. So it's a little different for people like us. And I know that people don't understand that. But to Aaron's question, I would say, I do think it absolutely friggin' helps to have some knowledge of what's happening. Because as someone who has left a place that he knows and gone somewhere completely foreign, that was hard as shit. To get the full, you know, culture and the full feel for all the, you know, what makes it unique. Because every place is unique to the people that are there. That is not easy to do. So, it absolutely helps to have some of that. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I would say that when you're when you're coming up, if, yeah. if you can remove yourself... Absolutely, it's better. And mm-hmm. go kind of understand what it's like to write about a place that you have zero... Emotional connection to, historical connection to, your friends and families don't care about. No and I've never heard it. of it. Yeah. Right. And and you are just totally on your own. Yeah. And you just have to figure it out um, and do the research and, 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 you know, be able to talk with or write with authority about something that, you know, you're not intimately mm-hmm. attached to. Um, it makes you a lot better. It helps a ton. Um I mean, it's the most important thing. And, I ever And then did going in back, you know, and then but le- and then going back, you know, mm-hmm. you can. I, I think it's fair to. You'll be better off covering something that you know you might have. Um, That's a like great your way to personal say it. history yeah. might kind of dictate the way you write about it. Like if you never leave, mm-hmm. what's your perspective? Right. You know, on that on on your on your home, and some people have done it very well, and some people have not. Um, like. If I went home, right, and was to cover the Philadelphia Big Five, which is a job that does not exist, really. Um, <laughs> yeah, like my institutional Someday, buddy! <laughs> my, my, my institutional knowledge... God damn it. Me uh, and you will be the only ones reading it, but someday. <laughs> would be, but that institutional knowledge would be invaluable. Oh my god, remember, yeah. Right. You know, I remember every, every of course. team in the city from it probably It probably did pretty well, in fact, yeah. Right. You know? Yeah, right. Um, but yeah. if I had never left there and was still just writing about like, yeah, you'd get lost in the things that don't the St. Really... Joe's Villanova rivalry as if it was exactly. still 1995 because exactly. I don't know any better than yeah that would be really I think, shitty content. Yeah, I think that the the, the, the long story <laughs> short on this, and I'm not sure if Aaron asked this question from a writing standpoint, but it doesn't matter. We'll answer it from that. I know Aaron doesn't care. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Is that you know for me and I know for you it's probably the same thing like going away and doing that was the most important thing I ever did I wouldn't be doing this if mm-hmm. I didn't do that like I literally would not be doing this if I didn't have that experience of going somewhere where I knew absolutely nothing because you can't learn how to write with authority and here's your writing tip of the year on the holiday episode you can't write with authority <laughs> until you've discovered that you fucking have none and you need to learn and get some so well, here's one for you. I go to Western Kentucky and I'm covering the Hilltoppers, right? And they're transitioning from, uh, they were transitioning from one AA to one A, which at the time that's what it was called. It was the FCS to FBS. I think they were actually changing the names at that time, so it was the whole, the whole thing. So they're rebuilding their stadium. Mm. They're doing the whole thing. They're trying to play. They're trying to be Boise State, right? 
And, you know, the stadium was one-sided, right? It had one side. And they were building a second side to the stadium at this time. It was very much a small-time operation trying to be a big-time operation. I was, like, 22 years old, coming <laughs> down there, and I was... And everything I wrote about it at the very beginning was exactly how you thought. Or you're thinking in your head how I wrote about it. This is, uh -huh. this is hilarious. Like, these people are... <laughs> what are they doing? Like, this is nonsense. And, you know... I probably didn't write it that bad, but it was probably pretty close because I'm sure it got edited down. But there was mm. probably something that slipped through in there of me making a... I know there was. Of me making some sort of snip or whatever about the one-sided stadium. And I got a call from a guy named Dero Downing, who was, at the time, he was 90-something years old. He's passed away since. Former, uh -huh. pres former president of the university. Former athletic director of the university. Former, I believe, head basketball coach. Head baseball coach. Star base, star basketball, like, legend at this place, right? Like, his name there was, like, a huge, huge deal. Yeah. And he proceeded to just... He didn't motherfuck me. He didn't raise his voice. Didn't yell at me. He kept me on the phone for, like, an hour and made me feel about, like, a quarter inch tall before Yikes. sort of telling me it, but then explained to me sort of everything about the whole place, right? Like, the whole thing. Uh-huh. And that's how I learned. Like, that's how I learned all that stuff. I talked to that guy... So many times when I was there. So many times uh -huh. when I was there. And we, you know, developed relationship, all that sort of thing. If I didn't go through something like that, can you imagine? Like, if I never had somebody pull me over mm -hmm. like that at 22 years old or whatever it was, or however age, and say, like, stop being an asshole, you idiot. And I was, I continued to be an asshole and idiot, and will still, I'm sure. But, like, those are things that, you know, help you pull back in and, like, figure things out. And I don't think you get those unless you're putting yourself in those situations. And for me that I think about that all the time. Yeah. I mean, I had a very similar experience in mm. Tennessee and it was that kind of think you're so much goddamn smarter than yeah. everyone. And then they tell you that you're not goddamn smart no. and give you some history lessons no. and, you know, and, humble you yeah. and all that good stuff. And blah, anytime, blah, blah. and anytime I had a question, I would call Mr. Dunn and he would answer and he would talk to me about it. You know, like you right. meet people like that, that, you know, help you and change you and that you never thought, right? You never thought ever would, mm -hmm. you never would have expected something like that to come from out of the clear blue sky, right? And yeah. those are things that and, as perspective, yeah. And you're more likely to ask questions that you legitimately don't know the answer to. Right. Yeah. When you never leave That's a place a and you point. think you know yeah, everything, right. yeah, right. you're you're asking questions when you already have the answer in yeah, your mind. That's true. When I was in Tennessee, I, I didn't know like what the hell was going on. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, wait, what? So who is yeah. this? And is that person that? And you know, and it's uh yeah, I I've always uh I always like talking to young writers who are like going to a new place for the, the first time and being like, like, what do you do? I'm like, well, first of all, when you get there Look at the retired numbers. Learn who those people are. Because if you ever get caught not knowing who is who someone right. is and their names in the rafters, it's a you problem. look terrible. Right. right. And if you say anything that like slights anyone here or whatever, like or steps on the wrong thing at the wrong sign, what what does that number have to do with anything? Like all these things, if you have no knowledge of any of it, right? Like it's sometimes, and if you take the time to learn it. People understand that too, you know, and it makes you better. It makes every, it makes the whole thing better. So that was a long-winded answer, but well, well done, uh, I would say. Anyway, what's the next one here? You got any other ones you're, that are uh, catching your fancy? Yeah, I saw one that I liked. Um, this is from Eli. Can you think of 
other sporting games or events or occurrences that had as much impact as Michigan beating Ohio State this year. My own experience was Butler's first run of the Final Four my wow. freshman year. It totally changed the prestige and recognition of the university all by itself. Um, I think this one still well, needs to. We need to. I, we need to process this one. I still think. I, I agree. Yeah. If if they go and actually, if if Michigan goes and wins the national right, championship, yeah, right, which you know they're two wins that, away from here. Right? That Ohio State game, to me, would be the equivalent of say Duke beating UNLV in the '91 NCAA tournament when UNLV was just an absolute machine murdering everyone. They were on, you know, some 50-game winning streak or whatever the hell it was. They were undefeated that year. Yeah. Uh, Tark just had it absolutely rolling. And I think they were up. I think UNLV was up at halftime. Duke comes all the way back. And I believe that that was, I think, the Christian Leitner's like yeah. junior year. So they vanquished that. They mm-hmm. beat UNLV, and UNLV beat them by like a thousand. The year, the year before. before, right? And so Duke pulls it off by like two. I think the game was at the RCA Dome. Yeah. And in the Final Four, they go on, they win the national championship, the first that K won. Oh right. The next yeah. year, that same team comes back. Leitner beats Kentucky in the Elite Eight or Sweet Sixteen, whatever, and they go and win the second national championship, and then suddenly Duke supplants. UNLV <laughs> right. as the preeminent program in the country, and the rest is history right. with Krzyzewski. Yeah, I mean, anything like that, I think, right? It could be, because <laughs> there's other things like that. I, I right. thought of but the But if you 90s, go and get murdered... Yeah, but I mean, you know, I thought of the uh, I thought of the old, like, the, the 80s, 90s NBA uh, succession plans, right? Where it would go from, like, mm-hmm. Celtics to Lakers to Pistons to Bulls, where it was like, yeah. you had to beat a team that was, like, giving you fits... To get to where you wanted to go, and then you became like this force, more or less. And I'm not saying it's going to be the exact same thing, but I think that's the best case scenario. That's right. That's what this becomes. And, and then, it's going to be, you know, how they not only respond in the Georgia game. You yeah. know, if you go and if you lose against Georgia, that I don't think that lessens the value of that win over Ohio State. Um, but then, to me, it becomes how does the program respond? to beating Ohio State? And does it continue down this path of kind of forward momentum and forward thinking that it's been on this past year? Yes. Or does anyone, including the head man, start to feel like I was right all along? Yeah. And other habits creep back. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Is it it used as something to propel you forward or is it, you know? Yeah, and that's um, why we'll have to unpack it. I mean, that's why. Yeah. I mean, because ultimately you look back at all those games that you – you think about because they are, and there are a bunch of games as examples. Because I'll hear people, well, it's never one game. Well, no, sometimes it is. Sometimes it yeah. is one. You know, sometimes that that's what that's what's needed to get somebody over the top. Like the big one that I always think about. I think everybody does is the Boise State beating Oklahoma in that Fiesta Bowl the yeah. one year. And it's not just that Boise State beat them in the Fiesta Bowl and then just suddenly was this awesome program that everybody knew about. Boise State had been there before. I don't know about in a Power Five game or whatever like that, or a Bowl BCS Bowl or whatever. But, like, they've been knocking on the door. They'd had a lot of good seasons. And then they just kept doing it. They kept doing right. it over and over and damn over again. Like, it's in the consistency is what really gets you remembered. So, as it unpacks here, I think that you're you're right in that it's, like, in that. It, it could be that. It could be like that. could be one of those type mm-hmm. of wins. Uh, absolutely. Like, absolute, you know, reality-changing course-changing wins. Like, that kind of thing. The biggest you could think of. Um, the only thing bigger yeah. would be a national title, right? So... 
Uh, it could, but yeah, we got to see it sort of unravel here. I agree with that. All right. Let's see. What else we got here? Uh, how about this one from Sean? Six, seven years in, have you enjoyed the uh, college football playoff era more, less, or the same than the BCS era? Well, certainly more than the BCS, but it also is like one of those things that just leaves you wanting more. Yeah, same as know? the BCS, though, in that Which sense. still be cool, yeah. still be cooler. And that's why I think everybody goes eight on that, or 12. Right? That's why people go, yeah. into, like, just bring back the BCS, I feel the same. You know, people go, you know, I think that that's the complaint, but it, that's also kind of weirdly turned into an argument for the BCS, I think, sometimes in some people's minds, where it's like, no, 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 you don't want to do that. That was a worse version of the exact same thing we're in right here. Which was only a slightly better version of that. Which, if you go back in time, everyone said would be this exact way. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I've, I've certainly enjoyed it more, I guess. But I can't, you know, I can't say I can't say much more. I don't think it's been like that much more. It hasn't been that much cooler, right? I mean, you've just um, got like one more game in there. That was, you know, we've gotten a couple cool semifinal games. Yeah, I mean. But I think it's. I think it's. You, I mean, you get a you get a team that you you know you know usually we get the best team. So yeah. I, I think it's significantly cooler than two teams that you can make a debate because you know when you're three or four, Jesus, I mean you're yeah. so close and right. Um, yeah, whoever the fifteenth, whoever the fifteenth is, can complain, but right. at least the third team's getting in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean the the bigger problem is the fact that the construct of college football only allows for basically five, maybe six programs to actually compete for those four spots. Right. Exactly. Right. So you need to get it to eight. You need to really get it to twelve, so we can get real weird with it. Right. You know. And you need to move them to the campus. I want to get sites. get some get some Central Floridas in there. Get some of uh, you know some of these real randos. Yeah. Um, playing on campus. Played on campus is required. Yeah, I mean it's just like not even a question, not even. No. I, I don't care. You can put the Rose Bowl. And I don't. Logo I don't really it. understand what the whole the holdup is because Call I don't it the Rose Bowl at UCF Stadium. I don't care because <laughs> it there'd be so much money. I know to be made. It's because of the bull. You know what? This is a house of cards. Uh, the guy, yeah, yeah the, this the, is a house the, of cards. The, corporate the greed. suit carts. Yeah, it's just the suit jackets. Yeah, yeah, anybody you take away a bowl and it's like, well, you know, I don't know. So you know, it's it's one thing after another, and that's about all the bullshit. Sir, we are we are employing fifty random sixty year old men wearing blazers, and what the hell are they going to do if they can't go and sell? Wearing the these, importance of the Gator Bowl to everybody. Wearing these okay. god awful blazers that are just like the most heinous looking things you've ever seen. Everywhere they go, hey, handing out pamphlets and press boxes because that's important. <laughs> like it's 1986. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's uh, what it is, right? The Bulls are just of another time. They're of another place in time. They just are. The Bulls that yes. you remember as a kid have been gone. For goddamn ever, man. Like, they just have. So I think everybody knows that. I think everybody, except for the people at the top, <laughs> seem to understand yeah. that, right? So uh, it is what it is. So, um, so there's some uh, there's some news coming into the pod. Oh, good. Somebody news. is out of somebody's out of a bowl game. Oh, what happened? And it just disappeared from my screen. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Here you go. Texas A&M is out. Speak of the devil. Texas like A&M is out yeah. of the Gator Bowl. Because of COVID. Are you worried at all about 
the playoffs. Well, I mean, I think it, you certainly have to be a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to be as much as you know anything else. And I, I think actually, um, someone had even asked uh, one of the Michigan players that not that long ago about making sure they do. You know, more time with the mask, making sure your mask's on in some of these places, making sure you're not doing anything crazy. I think they, Michigan was getting the booster today or something like this. I think the team was yeah. getting that today. So, um, yeah, AM had been in some real trouble um, with that. So, I think Michigan looks at it as you got to take care of yourself and you hope that the other side takes care of itself and all things go forward. But, yeah, I think that all you do is all you can do. And it's like anything else, though, you know? Like, mm. Do what you can. I think that that's how, that's how the Gator Bulls looking for a replacement. I don't know how that's going to go. I don't know how that's going to go. A but, replacement? Uh, yeah, for AM, for uh, Wake Forest, because they don't have a team now, you know? Like, they don't have a team they can play. So they're going to get a team that hasn't been preparing for a bowl game at all? Some team that, like, its season ended three weeks ago? Yeah. Congratulations! Per, you're in the Gator Bowl. Sounds like uh, AM is down, to, per Billy Lucci, AM is down to just 38 scholarship players, uh, 13 available scholarship players on defense. Total. That includes COVID opt-outs, transfers, and season-ending injuries. Which, you know, and then we got the people in here that says not, and also not wanting to pick up your fifth loss. Jesus Christ. Which, you know, people are going to do. But, you know, I mean, I think that in a, in a Gator Bowl situation, that's not the same as a playoff. So, I think For that sure. you have more of a, you have more of a hope, I guess, that you're, the players and people would be taking this more vigilantly then you know maybe if it's like i don't even want to be at this bowl so i don't care if i'm a kid and i don't care mm-hmm. like so sometimes that happens and sadly maybe that's what's going on there i don't know but um knock on wood hopefully everyone on their bowls can get to their bowls and play in them and all that sort of thing you know or we can get through just, all this i just love the idea of some team that has just a season ended three hey somebody's ago. chomping at the <laughs> These, no, these guys have all been just drinking their asses off. And in bowl reserve? Doing whatever the hell they want, and now it's going to be hey, like... Scott Frost, hey, Scott Frost coached the best 2-10 and 10 team you've ever seen, so I'm sure he's ready to roll, Like, right? <laughs> Teams like that, you know? I think it's going to be like, congratulations, Middle Tennessee State. Get your uniforms out of uh, packaging. You're going to the Gator Bowl. You've advanced to the Gator Bowl after <laughs> playing in the Bahamas Bowl. You get two bowls. <laughs> To play again? I didn't know they already played in one well, to be perfect. Yeah, they won. Said, yeah, so, but. There you go. Perfect, actually. All right. Moving forward here. Uh, let's see. Yes, sir. Here's a good one from Ben. It says, I, Do either of you have a story about working on Christmas, either as a journalist or otherwise? Uh, do you? I do. A, a what? Have a what? A story about working on Christmas, either as a journalist or otherwise. Have you ever worked on Christmas? Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. Uh, yes, I have. Right, you, you, uh, I want to hear yours. I'll, I'll come up with one. I was actually thinking about this the other day, and I think I said this to somebody. Uh, one of the most depressing moments of my life, and I've had many um, <laughs> in my life as someone who <laughs> goes through these things at a different pace than others. One uh-huh. of the one of the most, though, on a work-related one was um, he was in Atlanta, and I was checking mm-hmm. in, checked into the hotel for work, of course, by myself. With the suitcase at sure. Christmas Eve night. It was Christmas Eve night at like 6 p.m. <laughs> nobody in the hotel, and this is like a beautiful hotel downtown Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody in the nobody in the lobby. Just me and the you know person at the check-in there, and like we kind of <laughs> look at each other, and it's like, God damn, what are we doing here? Like, and it was just 
What a dark moment. Holy wow. shit. Yeah, and it was like... And I had dinner at, like, the, uh, you know, the hotel bar that night or whatever. Like, you mm-hmm. know, you know, alone, of course. And it was... It just got worse, you know, as the night went on. And then, like, the next day wasn't much better, you know? It just was a rough... Nothing's open. Yeah. You know, you go on the road, nothing's open. So it was during sure. a bowl. So it was for a bowl, right? Um, when Michigan was in the Peach Bowl, they had to go there. I'm trying to think if I, I... I've flown on Christmas night in other situations, but I was always at home right. the day of. That was the only time I'd ever had to go, you know, the, the night before. I, For whatever reason, we had to be there on Christmas Day. The bowl dictated it for whatever goddamn reason, and it was, like, just the worst. So, not great. I want to say... Uh, Airplanes on Christmas can be uh, festive, though. Uh, <laughs> if nothing else, there's your in my your Christmas in song. my ex- in my experience. You, write the lyrics to that. <laughs> um, I feel like there was one year way back. I was bartending at a place called the Pub of Penn Valley. Yeah, and <laughs> I feel like they were open for like lunch on Christmas. I don't know why they would have been, but, <laughs> but I they feel were. like I vividly remember this. But I, I was like insanely hungover because, like, oh yeah, right. Christmas Eve is that's that's when you hit it, right? <laughs> I mean, I guess that's when you hit it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, in my neighborhood, you would go Thanksgiving Christmas Eve, Eve was the time around here when you'd hit it. Well, yeah. Christmas Eve is the same as Thanksgiving yeah. Eve, and yeah. where I'm from, and it would be uh, you do the the family thing, and then you go for dinner it. on Christmas Eve. Blast and everyone would meet at the bar at like 10, yeah. 10.30 and, you know, drink until 4 and then make it home for the morning festivities, Christmas. you know. Get, Jesus get some Get some scrambled eggs. <laughs> <laughs> the morning festivities? <laughs> Jesus. Maybe a present or two and then pass yeah, out. Let's see what Santa bring. Oh, my so you're working. Mom got me a, yeah. a, a coffee pot. A single, a single sweater from LL Bean for the sixth year in a row. Thanks. <laughs> Thank God. Awesome. Thanks, Ma. <laughs> oh, so anyway, shit. you were working on Christmas Day there. Yeah, Christmas I mean, morning. I'm sure it was it just, just a dreaded yeah. thing, and the only ones you know who's 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 sitting down at the bar at. Yeah, I also worked the restaurant at Christmas. Zenders degenerates. Zenders was open on Christmas Day back then. They were closed on Christmas Eve because the Zenders, Mm. the Zender family, had their Christmas on Christmas Eve, and we had to. uh, So we we all, if you worked there, you worked on Christmas Day. But I think we opened later, so they were closed on Christmas Eve. But they made up for it on Christmas Day with their money, their big day of like festive eating, and people did go out. Believe it or not, they didn't tip any better. They didn't dip any better, not in my experience. Okay, anyway. Nez asks, thoughts on David Ortiz and his positive PED test getting sh- getting, shall, uh, getting Hall of Fame votes over Barry Bonds. <laughs> We're only doing this because of Nezzy and it's the holiday season. 100%. 100%. <laughs> okay, Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame. I have no uh, qualms about it. I don't know why he's not. I mean, it's ridiculous that he's not... I don't care. I mean, you could take away the steroids and the guy would still have Hall of Fame numbers, I'm pretty sure. I don't know anything about it. I just know he was the best player when I was a kid by like 100 miles every single time, even before he was, you know, the guy with the giant steroid arms and everything else. I mean, if, you know, him and Griffey were the dudes. So, yeah, Bonds is in. Put him in. Put them all in. I I mean, it's a Hall of Fame. They're there for what you did on the field. And if that means... I 100%. You put... 
that in your body to do it, then fine. That's part of the game, and that was part of the game that the game failed to control. So, not the player's fault. Hate the those games were played. (laughs) Those balls went over the wall. We all saw them. I don't care. Yeah, McGuire too. Uh, Put them all in. Got and the baseball hall of fame is just as big of a sham as the Heisman. Yeah, and the voting trophy voting policy. And the voters who like to get attention about their ridiculous ballots. You know, you see all that going around. Nothing is worse than the. Than the NBA Hall of Fame, it is I don't the even most contrived. How does that go? I don't even know what. That's the one they got the North American Committee and oh, the wow. this committee and the that committee. That's right. And the it's problem a weird is like deal, yeah. each play, each individual has to. You can either go in as a coach or a player or a contributor, but like if you're if you go in as a player, yeah, but you happen to coach, you don't get like yeah. th- that's not counted as by part of your candidacy. Like you, you can all, okay. like that's one of the reasons Rudy T. It took forever. Yeah, that's to, right. That's right. That's right. Go yeah. in because it wasn't combined. Um, it's just the most asinine. Like your profile in the game is your profile. Why that's is it. this yeah, so? Right. Why is this so difficult? Yeah, I think like the Pro Football Hall of Fame has everybody pretty much. Like there's not anybody I can think of that's not. There's probably is, but it's like I think they for the most part get everyone that needs to be in there in there, and which right is kind of what a Hall of Fame should be should exist for everyone that. Should be in the Hall of Fame is in right, right? Like, that kind of thing. Like you look at someone like, oh god, like like a like, uh, Bill Rafferty, right? Yeah, yeah. In theory, if you wanted to induct him into the Hall of Fame, of course, it would be like as a contributor, so like just as an announcer, and you're like, are you going to put him in the Hall, the, the Naismith Hall of Fame, just as an announcer? I don't know, but that's like, well, he also coached. A bunch of years. He had some contributions to basketball. You know? I'd say so. Yeah, and yeah, and he's a figurehead of the game. So like the whole of the yeah of the pieces Con- yeah, contributions the to the game. Like Keith Jackson is a college football Hall of Famer because sure. he's like the college football. I mean, he was like what he did for the game in terms of growth. Right? Everyone remembers yeah. his voice. Yeah, people like that. Absolutely. And the, that's what they're coming up with these. That's what they're there for. Way of doing things it's just to put people startling. who've earned it in. <laughs> I mean, it, what 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 it became is this like hyper competitive. It has to be special, you know. And the older these Hall of Fames get, the more griping gets done about you know. Well, you let that guy in, so yeah. And it's like, well, Jesus, just kick them all out and start it all over again. How about that? How about that? How's that sound? Hall of Fame two, all the way, all the way. I'd say, I'd say to Nez, I'm more pissed about Dick Allen not getting in than I am about the the votes for David Ortiz or uh, Bond. I mean, Bond should be in over Ortiz. I don't. That's ridiculous, right? That is ridiculous. Insanity. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, okay. Uh, Keith says, college football has gone through crazy changes in the last 15 to 20 years, which is true. Does college basketball uh, need change as well? Will it get one regardless? Uh, and what would you change if, in fact, it needs to be changed? If I'm commissioner of college basketball and I get to change things? Does college basketball need a major change, do you think, right now? Is it at a point where it needs to be uh, thinking about its future? Where it all sits? Yeah, I mean... I think it actually is, I would I would argue. It's already, it's like it's undergoing major yeah. change. You know, between the transfer rule changing... Yeah, I think it's happening. NIL changing, like these things are happening in, in real time. I think it's, it's here. Um... I would say the thing that, before you answer there, the thing sure. that gets overlooked with the college basketball side of this is the changes that we see in college football happen in college basketball too. It's just the leaders in college basketball are usually a lot, a lot better at executing them. So we don't hear mm. about them constantly, all the time. So change just sort of gradually happens like it's supposed to, and then something just becomes something. But anyway, go ahead. So I think there has been pretty consistent change in college basketball in that 15 to 20 year, year window, but I do understand the question. Yeah, I mean, I'd be more worried about change for the the negative of, of the, the the power conferences. Yeah, sure. Wanting to have more authority or or uh, even their own tournament, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 cutting well, out would the, be horrible. Yeah, the mid majors. I mean, it would just completely ruin right. the, the game. And I don't think that's like me coming from the bias that like I like mid majors. No, that'd be I went terrible. Mid major and all that. It's just like there's a reason everyone loves the NCAA tournament and it's because it's exactly what it is like just don't it's a tournament fuck with that <laughs> it's a you real know, like just honest to god tournament like the only one we have left leave <laughs> like, it the way right it is now, right, right. <laughs> like if anything i'd rather see you know an extra bid from a mid-major than yeah you know, seeing the right. eighth big 10 team come in where it's like great yeah sorry minnesota you and your nine and 11 record in the league aren't going to the NCAA tournament. Go home. Enjoy the NIT. I'd rather see, you know, yeah. Richmond get in or something. So, uh, I don't know. I don't have any really overarching changes. I'm sure once the minute we record it or stop recording, I'll think of something grandiose, but, um, yeah, my greater, I'll my, tell you what needs to be changed in football. Yeah. See, then that's my greater point is football is usually they, I more mean, in need. They, there has to be like this, this just, the complete lack of oversight on coaches leaving programs at any given time they want yeah. is just well is just preposterous. I see these fans out here complaining about players sitting out bullshit bowl games. I thought while, we were over that. I thought as a pop, oh, it still I, happens all over the place. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. I knew we weren't. And then you see, you know, (laughs) but but the the coach is allowed to just pick up and leave his own team before they they play a bowl game. Uh, That's right. Because I think the coaches are now, a lot of coaches are telling on themselves. And and, and it's up to the people. So listen, a lot of coaches are showing everybody who they are in football, right? So it's up to the recruits and the parents and everybody else to understand you got to pay attention to some of this stuff. Brian Kelly is a fraud. If he walks into your house, yeah. how do you see anything different? And if it ends in a way that is unsavory for you, how else did you expect it to go? So I think that this has been a very telling time in college athletics. 
Really has. We've seen the people that have been reaching desperately, like Brian Kelly and LSU, frankly, as mm -hmm. an institution. There's a lot of things that need to change in college football. I agree. And I think that a lot of things are going through that change. But like I just said, to, that's why the question is really interesting. In college basketball, those changes happen and we don't look at them. It, we don't see them go, right? We don't see every inch well, of growth. Because, like, it's a struggle in college football and basketball. I think it's more smooth. And there's also you know, just, like, a common understanding mm -hmm. of how this needs to work. That, like, there's lines you don't cross. There's things yeah, you don't do. Yeah, everyone is together. Do. Right, everyone. Nobody... Yeah. That's good Nobody, point. you know, That's really the, 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 best, the best mid-major coach in the country who wins his conference tournament, gets his team in the NCAA, is not quitting yeah. before the NCAA tournament right. to go to a high major that has an opening. That's just like, it, it is unheard of <laughs> for that to happen. Even in 89 when it happened at Michigan, like, Freer didn't leave. No, he accepted a job in principle, which yeah. like, you know, does that stuff happen here and there? Yeah, but like... That's flirting he would with have the line, coached, of course, yeah. He would have coached out the NCAA right. He wasn't just leaving for Arizona State. Like, the fact that this happens in football, I'm like, how is that allowed to go on? It's crazy to me. I don't know. I mean, I think that some of the coaches <laughs> now probably will even justify it more in their heads of like, well, the kids are now getting, they have the ability to get NIL, so I don't feel even slightly bad about any of this. And I think it's just a matter of like, look, man, like that's gonna. I think that's gonna rear its head in football, and I think that's why Brian Kelly and these guys raced to get a ten-year contract as soon as they could, because when the when when NIL finally clicks, it will level a lot of this. It will level a lot of this bullshit. And it wait a will. second. Well, you're not implying that Dabo is not genuine in his complaints about what's going on, because it's evening the gap between. <laughs> what Clemson was able to manipulate and I'm gonna, get away with. I'm going to say that Dabo probably needs to go back to the drawing board and figure out how to navigate his new world like everybody else does. But at the, at the end of the day, like I think that's where, yeah, that's where this is going to go, and I think we all know that. Um, but there's some people out there right now that are trying their might to uh, mm -hmm. not tell on themselves. <laughs> I think there are a lot of people that are right. showing their ass. When that kid, you think when that kid decommitted or whatever from Florida State to go to Dion's uh, to Jackson State, uh, Travis is it Hunter? Not Hunter. What's his last name? I can't think of his last name right now. The corner, the five star kid. You know what I'm talking about the uh, yeah, yeah, signing yeah. day. Sure. Look, do you see all the reactions on? You see some of the reactions we saw from people on mm -hmm. Twitter? The fits being thrown. Yeah. Oh, you just buy kids now, and you're like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Where? Yeah, is this 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 is Earth. Have you been here long, or like, what's going on here? Like, what are we talking about? The fits being thrown that day. Old Gene Chizik, do you see his tweets out there on Twitter? Yeah. Some of these, uh, some of oh, these idiots. Oh, I, I quote tweeted that son of a bitch. Yeah. Gene Chizik, he of uh, eight hundred million dollar buyout money, all this bullshit, you know, from quitting other jobs, all this. Like, get the hell out of here with this, you clowns, showing your ass. All these used car sales, morons running around. Urban Meyer, <laughs> the year of his collapse, of course. That stuff's going away. Everybody knows it. Urban said it in his bullshit interview with Ian Rappaport on NFL.com sure. the other day. Of course. Yeah, my, state state news right there, he baby. He admitted it. My stuff won't work in college anymore either because they don't right. want to... They're too soft. Too soft. That's what it's, it is. It's, society, it's yeah. society's fault, not right. mine. Sure. Um, no, the... Uh, <laughs> it's funny on the NIL stuff, man. Like, I saw it. I got a good, good look at it close up when I was down in Tennessee. 
Oh yeah, because uh, sure. I went I went through Knoxville and I hung with Kennedy Chandler, who this kid, you know, he's a projected borderline lottery pick mm-hmm. next year. He's been on the NBA radar for years. Best guy to sign with Tennessee since like Scotty Hobson. Oh wow, you know, big like time. you know, big big time players, top ten kid. He was the number one rated point guard in the country. Completely changed the possibilities for this Scottie year's Tennessee Hobson. team. He likes. He's only going to be there for one year, you know. Barnes knows he's going to be there for one year. His teammates know he's going to be there for one year. But he gives them a shot. Right, 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 right. And it, it could be, you know, if he's it's just star. the second weekend, yeah. that's great. Because they weren't getting there without him. <laughs> right. And maybe they go further. Who knows? But um, he's down there in Knoxville. He's got a deal with a trading card company mm-hmm. to give him autographed shit. Oh, that's cool. He's got a deal with... Uh, that's easy enough. Anyway. Like a, a local, like Tennessee clothing. Mm-hmm. Like a like a, like a boutique-y, like UT. Mm-hmm. For, for people that need like the extra nice... The golf shirts. Tennessee, you yeah. know, Oxford shirt and things like that. Uh, uh, yeah, he's has a deal. Did you get you a few of those? Them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's my style. Tucked it right into my pleated car, uh, khakis. <laughs> My boat shoes. That's the uniform down there, man. You got and you got to get the, uh, the sunglasses the little, with the rope. There it is. The sunglasses with the rope. I always exactly. told my wife I'm going to get a pair of those, and she was like, "No, you're not." <laughs> you can ride. You, once you do, you can oh. ride the douche canoe right on out of here, my man. So, the jet ski. But but yeah, you know he's getting paid, man. And that's and awesome. Yeah, good. For it's him. what. It, that program, yeah, no, would I have, yeah, no one, you know, it would be a non-factor this year, yeah. really. But it's one player who completely changes the dynamic. They're selling tickets because of the guy, paid you know, for it. Right. right? Yes, right. yeah, right. And if they go to the Final Four, and Tennessee's like, "God damn, Rick Barnes is the best coach ever. Let's give you an extension. Let's bump you up to four and a half million dollars a year." And Barnes is sitting there saying, "I wouldn't have done shit Without if I didn't school. have." Yeah. Kennedy Chandler, if I didn't have Kevin Durant, if I didn't have TJ Ford, right. where would you be? Who would you be? And right. I think we need to keep that in mind as we go forward and you hear at bowl season when these seasons wrap up and so-and-so has a good year and it's, what a job by fill-in-the-blank coach. I, I saw Joe like, Brady got fired from the NFL, so he wasn't a genius. Right. What a job! He just had an NFL offense. What a job by so and so and staff, really getting this program turned around. Like so, when we do that every single year, maybe that will stop, and we'll start to remember who's out there doing a hell of a job getting this program turned around. It's the guys wearing the helmets every single time. The coaches have to stir it and they have to get it going, but sure. like. The ones who navigate this the best are going to be the ones who ride from behind. And the ones who ride out in front are going to be, they're going to flame out. The high dollar coaches, you know, I mean, it's going to be interesting for sure to see how it goes. Because I think you're going to have to pay guys to reward them and everything else. But like, man, <laughs> like this stuff, this bouncing around stuff, I hope you got a plan long term. I really do. I hope it works because, you know, if, yeah. if the other side has the ability to do the same thing to you now, it changes absolutely everything. And I think everyone knows that deep down. So, like anyway. I, I saw there was one question from Rob who asked, "Do you envision a time where, where draft eligible players will opt out of CFP games?" Uh, I hate the thought, but I always think of Jake Butt's bowl injury. Right. Uh, yeah. it, like at this point, 
At this point, I almost want someone to just who's so that this, it forces. Who's to say? I mean, just so it forces the the change of like we're we, putting a full stop on we, coaches leaving early on all this stuff until there's some level of uniformity. Um, we talked to Duncan about the but, Final Four the one time, remember? So I mean, like, I don't. I, I well, that was more they were going to sit out and out of protest. Well, he's talking about someone who just doesn't want to play because they don't want to get injured. I think that that could be a similar statement. <laughs> I'm not advocating sure. or whatever. I'm just saying sure. I could see the when when that question comes up, that's what goes. To, that's where my head goes. I could see mm. somebody somewhere down the line using that as the, as the um, you know if if this doesn't continue to progress the way that it needs to progress. And of course, these things take time, but. Sure, I could see that being something. Because I mean, we've Doug is not the only one that's ever talked about something like that. Of course, those things have been talked about in hoops for a lot longer than football. You know, this isn't fair. That's not fair. I feel like basketball players were on that train earlier than football players. That's just basketball versus football. <laughs> I think that's a basketball player versus a football player. Speaking as a football right. player, of course, right? <laughs> it's right. not a bad thing. Just is what it is. And so, yeah, that'd be interesting to see too. You got any more? Or we want to ride out of here. I don't. I don't see Happy holidays to all the folks. Are you going? Are you going to Philly? I'm not at all. No, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I went home a couple weeks ago That's for my right, mom's 80th, there. and uh, there's a. I got some shit here to handle, so not making it home. But uh, probably not the best time to travel. Yeah, probably you know, not. Through airports and then go see safe. elderly people. I don't yeah. know if that's a great okay. idea. Um, I'm boosted. They're boosted, but you know. Let's just kind of let the next month play itself out before uh, going and doing anything. There you go. So, got like I, you know, the hope is probably what this thing burns itself out quickly, and you know that we're at the peak right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll we'll see. Hope but, so. Um, man, pretty bizarre week to go from yeah, being yeah, yeah. in Memphis where a game is canceled because two players have a positive COVID test. Yeah. Meanwhile, the arena that they were set to play in didn't even have a mask mandate, but the game was canceled. So, okay, I try to square that. And then I come up here. Michigan game is canceled. And then Michigan State and Oakland play each other in front of 19,000 fans who, like, maybe 5% of folks there in that building were wearing masks, and there's no vax mandate yeah. to enter the building. Right. So I'm like... What the hell's going on here? <laughs> Same as it ever was, I think. Same as it ever was. But I we, don't know. We can't fix know. that today. We do hope you have a happy holiday, though. But I got to write out. I got to go do tape tape with yeah. Scott. Yeah. Yes. So. Um, and for uh, you doctors out there that want to give me your theories on this, I I don't care. So please don't. <laughs> Send your, tweet send your emails to I don't care. But don't we care. love <laughs> you all. We wish you all the greatest of holiday seasons and we very Merry Christmas. Uh, we appreciate everyone listening. Uh, so good health to all. Be sure to tip your bartenders and servers. Ah.